the business rap of the day on Metro FM Talk. Yeah, 19 minutes it is after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, yeah, we go straight into our business wrap as we do every day, every weeknight, I should say, here on Metro FM. And uh, tonight, joined by the founder and chief investment officer out at Marque Fund Managers, and that is Marque Masilela. Marque, who's it, bro? Sweet and good Let's start here, man. Uh, I want us to start at SA Taxi. Uh, already, people are going uh, on and on out on Twitter insofar as SA Taxi is concerned. And we'll come back to some of those tweets shortly. But uh, transaction capital. Now, let me not say SA Taxi because the people who put out a sense announcement are transaction capital. And they, I guess, have two very big divisions they've reported on, which I want us to focus on tonight. SA Taxi, which finances um, many of the, uh, um, you know, many bus taxis we see on our roads. And then, of course, We Buy Cars, which uh, plays a very interesting digitally enabled role out in the used vehicles market. Let's start out with We Buy Cars, relatively new acquisition, but it does seem that uh, they are recovering somewhat uh, by way of volumes uh, as consumer activity uh, ticks up again. Definitely they are, you know. I mean, the guys as we're talking, they own just over 74% of we buy cars. So we expect that to continue to contribute significantly Mm. when it comes to their earnings. And then the guys, they continue to achieve their target of selling at least 10,000 vehicles per month. And we know the increase has been driven in part by that expansion of we buy cars physical footprint. And we know this is the way to go. And we know we've got other big players who are interested in being involved, you know, the likes of NASPAS, mm. but competition authority couldn't allow all that. And I think in the world and the way things are moving, that's the way to go, you know, especially if you've got a physical footprint and also you've got a digital print as well. I mean, we know you've got it. Those will be able to or prefer to buy cars using those kind of mechanisms. And the guys right expect that future ends to continue to grow at similar rates over mm. the medium term. And as majority shareholders working alongside with the founders and management team, and I think I that's very critical. You don't just come and buy out people and get rid of the founders and management because those are the very same people who made you to be attracted to that asset because they've been doing a good job, you know. And the recent expansion into Morocco is the first step in the international expansion aspirations when it comes to select markets. So I think they've got some legs to mm-hmm. still run on. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, I mean, uh, if, if we look at uh, We Buy Cars, uh, you know, they... I guess, report on this whole business-to-business and business-to-consumer story. And it does Mm -hmm. seem, I guess, as volumes of vehicles purchased has increased, 43,000 or just over 43,000 to around 60,000 or so. um, Mm. uh, And um, that increase, though, has meant, I guess, fewer and fewer of those people who are buying those cars happen to be businesses. What, What does that mean? What does that tell us about some of the, I guess, SMMEs and other relatively smaller businesses that would be coming to a We Buy Cars to buy second-hand vehicles for their fleet and that type of thing? I mean, we've been seeing that happening. Number one, we've got issues when it comes to the semiconductors. 
we've seen that uh, original equipment manufacturers have been struggling, you know, and not just the South African issue. But now we've seen that the second-hand market vehicle has managed to pick up. And also when it comes to pricing, I mean, new vehicles, we know prices keep on going up, so it makes the second-hand vehicle market very attractive. And anyway, as a small business owner, we all want to save the cost. I mean, what is the difference of buying a car that has already done maybe 20,000, 30,000 kilometers instead of forcing to go and buy a brand new car that the minute you drive from the floor it starts reducing or depreciating value. So I think as small businesses definitely people want to save as much as they can. And here they are they've managed to find that opportunity because apparently cars from that end seems to be very reliable. Hence maybe mm. we'll buy cars continue to increase their volumes. People unlike maybe going to some no name brand second hand dealer kind of a situation and they give you the warranties all the works, you know, and it's unlike being confined to going to a specific brand looking for a second-hand car, that if I go to brand X, I can only get those kind of cars. So there you still get variety. And I think given that the economic conditions are tight, mm. small businesses, and it's not just supposed to be them, everyone must try to see where can they save. Yeah, yeah. And we know, Mark, where, I mean, even for we buy cars, the real business is not the cars, but selling the loans to acquire the cars they've now said they're going to be launching uh, in the half first half year of the year in 2022 a vehicle finance product kind of expected it i mean that would i guess bolt on to all of the other financing elements of transaction capital's business Definitely, and it's just a build on, you know, just increasing the scale of what the guys have been doing, and they've seen the success that they've managed to achieve when it comes to SA Taxi. And so, yeah, it just makes sense, and that also improves the insurance part of things. We know that the insurance already is there when it comes to taxes. Mm. And let's talk about the taxis just for a minute. We'll come back to the taxi insurance, but I want us to take a look at uh, what we've seen from SA Taxi. Now, maybe one thing, if you can just explain to us, uh, Marco. I mean, we know this is a business that loans out to minibus taxi owners, Ababa, Kolegum, Kashino, every day. Um, and in many ways, I guess, you know, uh, we've heard hor- horror stories in some cases. So I'm not going to go into that. We can maybe talk about that and allow minibus owners themselves to tell us tonight. But what is a stage one gross loan and advance? I mean, SA Taxi saying... Their gross loans have increased, but they are very concerned that environmental pressures are affecting the ability of their clients, who are the minibus taxi owners, to pay. uh, And therefore, they've had to make more by way of credit loss provisions. Uh, But um, what we're seeing in the numbers is an increase still in the loans they're making. What's a stage one versus a stage two or stage three loan? I think they, they help you to refinance, you know, in, a, in the cases where you struggle. I mean, oh. you've got a loan for 50 or uh, what do you call it, 60 months, stuff like that, and then you fall behind. So basically they will extend, you know, uh, that term for you instead of them just looking into repositing your vehicle. And that works for them because, listen, all these people, they're not in the business of repositing vehicles, but they're in the business of they've financed you. So their goal is to make sure that they make as much money as they can by making sure that you repay your monthly installment and then in the process they also get their interest. So it's more or less working with the guys and we know the challenges when it comes to the taxi industry that it depends as well. Which that taxi maybe is not working for three weeks because it's broken, you know, all those things. Mm. We've got issues with drivers. 
So the guys gradually they start to understand the market itself, how the industry operates, and they're trying to fine tune all their uh, what do you call it lending frameworks within the I mean the parameters of how the industry is working. Mm, mm, mm. Now, but, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. But they continue to have challenges. We know that we just got call it post-COVID, mm. when it comes to economic activity, but this high unemployment, you know, high fuel prices, inflation, you know, commuting has, in a way, you know, been uh, reduced. And we've also seen that when it comes to the likes of your combined motor holdings, your motors, you know, that because of these fuel prices, people are no longer buying or driving as much as they used to, so the cars last much longer. So those challenges are still there, and that impacts on the revenue when it comes to taxi drivers or taxi owners. But these guys also refurbish cars, uh, and it seems they've kind of vertically integrated in that market. So anything from new vehicles rolling off the line out in Prospectin at Teguini right through to the ones that have been sold back to them or sort of, I guess, uh, repossessed from them or from somebody who might not have been able to pay. It does seem that end-to-end, whichever kind of customer is coming in with whatever kind of money, they have something for you. And I guess, don't you think that's a very agile business model? You know, and we know our taxes that people can drive a taxi for the next coming 10 years. So if they can manage at least to refurbish your car, and at least it doesn't look as old as 10 years, maybe it looks like a kind of a second hand, you know, that maybe three, four years old, and then even the price will be lower compared to buying a new one. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And as I say, it's more of an end-to-end. The guys are trying to capture the whole value chain. If you are able to have that kind of a business model in any sector, any industry, I think you've got a winning formula. I'm always scared, man, Mark, when when that kind of thing happens. And, And I'll explain what I'm scared of. You know, somebody's yeah. saying to us here on Twitter, Umdagandala uh, here saying, hey, so effectively saying, you know, our sheep are being killed by these gentlemen who are driving these avanzas, these taxi owners. Please ask what uh, the average loan terms, interest rates, prime plus period, you know, all of that uh, term structure. I suspect that uh, many of our people are getting the short end of the stick. Now, uh, I guess his point, his, his comments are very pointed uh, uh, because he's saying he wants to get a sense of the terms of these loans. But the other dynamic is what kind of incentives does the reality of these loans introduce into how taxis operate? I mean, I remember getting a call from somebody here who was saying petrol prices up, we're fighting over routes, uh, the tensions are set to get a lot more sharper. Because at the end of the day, you might not make the 28,000 rand target that you need to just at least pay your loan. What happens to a business like Transaction Capital in an environment like that? They'll continue to struggle if people are unable to meet their targets and unable to make the loan repayments. Hence, they've got those kind of arrangements in place. Yes, we know that if you have to go there, Obviously, the interest rate, the terms and conditions are more stringent compared to when you go maybe to a traditional financing companies. I mean, look at their interest. They charge much higher, you know, than the usual cash. And they'll do that because people don't have the necessary documentation to prove their income when they operate their taxes. We know we complain about the tax issue when it comes to those guys. So we know their finances are an issue, so they don't disclose almost everything. Some of it is sitting as cash, so that is why it becomes difficult. And I, I think I'll do the same thing, that you couldn't get 
you are financing from the traditional mainstream mm. kind of guys because you don't have the necessary proof, you know, to prove the source of income, stuff like that. But I'm able to help you. It's like, call it, I don't, it's not the right term to use, you know. It's more like your motion is a kind of a thing. You couldn't get a loan from a bank, then you end up going to a micro lender, then they charge you high interest rate. But you see, with that kind of model, Mark, I mean, I, I, it does show that in a way, you know, there's a massive market failure, if I can put it that way. I mean, maybe there's probably a much better way to put it. But there's a clear market failure here in pricing the kind of risk that there is in this kind of market, which who, which gives, a, I guess, as you say, which gives an opportunity for, for, for me to decide whatever interest rate or whatever term structure I give you just to protect my back or whatever funding terms I'm getting. Uh, and you, whatever happens to you, was born. But I, 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 who's failing here? Are the banks, traditional banks, failing to able to understand the no, market? The minibus taxi sector what? is creating uh-huh. the minibus taxi sector itself. Ne, is creating a market failure due to a lack of information. That's what I guess a typical economist would say. That you're not giving me information about your transactions because you're collecting your money in cash. Of course, bank yeah. statements. There's no information on which I can make an assessment of risk. And that's why I'm saying, you know, that's that's where there's also an opportunity for transaction capital because has it works against them because they cannot provide that. And so as a result, yeah. Aya will help you, and then it works for Aya. And remember, oh, it's within the law because if those rates were outside or not allowed by the credit act, whatever would that guys are using, then definitely the government was not gonna allow this to happen. Let alone to allow a company like that to live on the GSE. So. The guys yeah, are operating eh? within. The guys are operating within a certain framework. That listen to the situation. Okay, the micro lenders themselves. Then why don't we kill them? Because you go to a normal bank. If you qualify, you meet all the requirements. Probably they they charge you twelve percent. You know, on the loan. And then you go to a micro lender. Probably they charge you twenty eight percent. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and and I think. But are they operating outside the law, micro lenders? No, no, no. Not at all. And I think, Mark, I mean, what I'm trying to raise is that there are sometimes activities that in and of themselves are not criminal or illegal, but that at a particular level are very exploitative. And I think we can come back to to what that looks like. But maybe just the last one, what do you make of of this insurance, this bolt-on insurance uh, in transaction capitals numbers that we see here? SA Taxi Protect, uh, seeing uh, massive premiums written, strong growth of uh, 14%, and uh, I think an increase there from uh, around 497 million to 567 million in uh, the premiums that have been written. Uh, and uh, all of that, I guess, is indicative of how much by way of loans have been written because a lot of that insurance is insurance on the loans and the vehicles, I think. And I think for the fact that most of the taxi, uh, SA taxi finance clients choose to insure their vehicles through SA taxi, <laughs> I mean, everything increased by 14%. Yeah. Me and you... We should be happy that at least those taxes are now insured, unlike before. But does my premium go down, Makwe, if I insure the loan or if I insure my taxi? Does my premium go down? Or my loan, loan repayment, sorry. It's more of a hedge kind of a situation that should you fail, then I know I'm covered. I'll be able to go and claim somewhere. You spoke about targets, people yeah, not making targets, sure. as a result, struggling to make their repayments. So how do I make sure that I recoup my money? But, but can I if I've got insurance, this installment. No, but I must be honest. You know, this market, this market, and 
we are f- focusing on taxes. Yes, yes. Yeah, but yeah, this yeah, market sure. is just so not right. Why are we not complaining about DPS who only invite certain people to sell rough diamonds to Yeah, them? yeah or to go and buy diamonds, yeah, site holders. No, you're right. Yeah, why? I mean, because I they know. invite you. Yeah, because, yeah. Why? <laughs> why are you complaining about that? No, we complain it's about it. Mean, mm. It's within the law. Hi, Marque. This law. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. And I guess it's the law as it is, you know, uh, rather than what we can change. But let's leave that for a second. Sandral, Makwe. Um, mm. Let's leave transaction capital in the world of taxis. We can talk about it the whole night. Sandral, it seems big projects here. The kind of projects that would be given to CIDB9. I think, uh, you know, civil engineers you will know what I'm talking about, the grades. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and a lot of people there, I guess, who look like me and you at, at those grades. But increasingly, I think there is a change. But what happened here and why effectively might this stunt the resurgence of the construction sector? I don't think it would be, we will still be able to get the construction sector working. We just, it's more of delayed or defect. And starting with the constructing company themselves, they've got a right to complain. I have to put together a tender, you put some resources, whether it's external or internal resources. You pay those people to put the document together. And here you are, you've done everything, you complied, you know, and then then somebody, which is your client here, for whatever reason, they didn't comply or do whatever that they were supposed to do, which was one of the board resolution, which was Mm -hmm. not followed. So you, as a a, a firm, you did nothing wrong. But now the question becomes that, yes, internally we didn't do things right, so what must we do? We, as the private sector, we complain about corruption. So are we saying that we must just overlook all that because instead of you starting a project this year, we are saying, no, let's cancel it, let's re-look into this whole thing, you'll start the project sometime in September. Because they're not saying we don't have money to continue with the project. But you see, but you see here's the issue, here's the issue Mark, that I foresee. I mean, I don't know enough about this space, right? But what I do think about is what if your entire project planning has been to get particular things on site? Now, I've heard horrific numbers of like Yellow Fleet, how much per hour it costs to have a TLB or whatever on site, right? Sure. Um, And now if your timelines are out of kilter and you've already made your orders, surely that exposes you to particular kinds of financial risks. Sure. And... Those companies, as big as they are, you know, mm. for you to have that grading of nine, you're a big boy, you know. You should be having some insurance in place. You should be having some good lawyers making you as well to say, listen, it's not my problem, so all the costs that have incurred, what do we do about it? Mm. Sometimes they have to come to the party. They have to, 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 to some extent, because mm. the thing is, are we saying, okay, okay, this was against the law, it was not done properly, but because you guys have spent money, we'll overlook that, no. Oh. But Sandra as well could have, have handled this much better by maybe trying to involve other external parties. But uh, yeah, let's say they involve the Treasury, the mm. Auditor General, to try to rework this whole thing, that let's make sure that he complies with the board resolution. And then when they apply that resolution, if you are the one who's been awarded a tender, then applying that resolution, then you don't get it. Sure. No, because it can happen. No, that it's true. If maybe mm. they comply that, yeah, sorry, you had it, but hey, hey, we didn't apply X, Y, Z. So when you apply X, Y, Z, 
it will be received by Papi. So what do you do? It's it's a setback. That we agree. That needs to be correct. Another high stakes game, Marco, it seems, is Nigerian politics. Uh, and it seems, <laughs> hey, Baba, you can't be buying in Rand and Naira there. I'm getting Rand and Naira chief in uh, the bribes in, that, in those political contests. I don't know what to make of this. Uh, and I, I must be honest with you, it's more like a design feature of the Nigerian system than it is anything about subjective morality and all of those things. And we can have that chat. But the fact that this effectively gets black markets uh, black forex markets out of kilter is what I find very fascinating. Talk to me about what's happening here. It's very interesting because people who are doing that are the people who want to govern you as a country. But here they are, they're into a black market. I mean, that talking about a gap of almost 44% compared to the regulated market. And you want us to put you in power, but here you are. You are pursuing a market that you're not supposed to be pursuing. Mm. And here you are, it's out there that you are buying votes. It's not like maybe something else. But my worry is you are breaking the laws of your own country and tomorrow you want to come and govern us. I mean, that just tells you what to continue to expect from countries or from those kind of policymakers if they get to be elected because they were happy to break the law. So why should they insist on instilling those laws if they have to come into power? Yo, tough times, tough times, Marco. And uh, yeah, I don't know because we also have uh, some presidential primaries type thing happening in South Africa in December. Uh, I hope people don't get ideas. <laughs> I, I hope people don't get ideas to say, "Hey, I mean, I don't take Iwale. I don't take yeah. I don't take that kind of thing. I just take uh, uh, greenbacks. Huh? I take Jeffersons, Marco. Yeah, I see it. I see it. but thank Makwe Masilela, the Chief Investment Officer and Founder at uh, Makwe Fund Managers, joining us tonight uh, for our discussion. Many of you commenting on uh, uh, transaction capital and what's happening at SA Taxi. Yeah, man, we must speak to uh, taxi owners. We must speak to Santaco to send us some of their members. Uh, about the terms of some of the financing in that part of the world. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're just talking about the SENS announcement tonight. We'll take a brief break now. When we come back, HMPJ is on our mind. And in the second hour, we'll talk about the digitization of the courts and the money. Look at you, Tutu. Jogging.